0: Hello and welcome to week four of Above the Waves. I'm Captain Stephanie Hargis from the Salvation Army in Hot Springs and I'm excited to talk to you today about patient people and how they know that there's more to the story. So I'm sure that if you ever search for something on the internet, um, you find all kinds of interesting things. Some of these things are helpful and of course you know that as well as I do that there are some things that are not so helpful. The website, thetop10s.com, isn't helpful, but it is entertaining. Through online voting, this site generates a top list for everything from the top 10 battles in history to the top 10 house pets, which I, for one, would definitely be interested in. When the site surveyed people about the top 10 biggest pet peeves, I want to share with you some of the answers, and you might even find some of these interesting. Number three, people who have bad driving etiquette. Yes, we always think that's the other people, not us, right? Uh, Number seven, when someone else imitates you. Maybe not one of my pet peeves, but definitely for some. Uh, Number 10, screaming children having temper tantrums. And of a mother of two uh, children, five and under, yes, I can understand that one. And the number one most annoying pet peeve, and I want you to think, do you possibly know what it could be? When people chew with their mouth open. Now, I'm not pointing fingers. Maybe you're the person who finds it annoying, or maybe you're the one that chews with their mouth open. I have braces, so I, for one, do chew with my mouth open. So with this being the number one pet peeve, I should probably really pay attention to that. Um, But you know, uh, the reason why I share this is there's something very interesting about this list. Uh, and you possibly, can think of what that might be. Um, well, I'm going to tell you anyway. Everything on it is about what other people do. Now, you're probably very smart, so you probably would have gathered that. There was nothing on this top list um, that said anything like when I oversleep my alarm or when I gossip about my coworker for no reason at all or when I lose temper with my kids. Nope. Everything on that list was always about someone else. And if you and i had enough time actually it probably wouldn't take very long at all we could probably create our top 10 list of things that annoy us and chances are they'd all follow the same pattern our complaints would all involve other people and what they do or don't do um so pet peeves are one thing but do you know what it's like when something goes from being annoying to actually being hurtful and maybe you've experienced that i know I know I have uh, like when you hear from a mutual friend that your best friend was talking about you behind your back or you know when a roommate intentionally excludes you from their plans or when your spouse takes a cheap shot in a heated argument uh, and I'm sure that you there are other things that you can probably think of to name as well so whether it's by chance by someone being close to you or just an acquaintance we all know what it feels like to be hurt by other people and i'm sure you could make a list of different ways and reasons or times in um, like actual dates of when that happened maybe it was last week maybe, maybe it was yesterday or maybe it was right before you got on here to listen to this podcast I don't know what that or when that might've happened to you, but we've all experienced hurt by other people. And sometimes we carry it around for a long time. And while we could avoid that kind of relational pain in a perfect world, unfortunately, you and I know what the truth is. These kinds of hurts will happen. It's inevitable. And when these moments happen, we have to face the decision. We each get a chance to respond. How are we going to respond? I'm sure probably, you can think about times in which you didn't respond so well. I know that I have. If I had to guess, since I've started talking about relational hurts, you've probably had a current situation or hurt come to mind. And maybe if, you're, if you have had something recently, um, maybe you've noticed even a physical reaction uh, coming up as you think about it. Maybe your heart rate has increased or your blood pressure gone up, or maybe you are irritated or you started thinking about all the ways you've been wronged by this one person or any person who's ever hurt you. Maybe you start to feel sorry for yourself and maybe you've even begun rehearsing your side of the story in your mind. I have to say, I have definitely done that one before. Um, And this is completely normal, but you know what you notice out of all these things have in common? You. They're all about how you feel, how you've been wronged, and your side of the story. And we can all relate. I'm not saying anything bad about that whatsoever. No matter our ages, stages of life, professional statuses, or relational statuses, we all have a singular perspective. Our own. When we get angry or hurt, we focus our attention on ourselves because we want ourselves to feel better. Understandably. And that makes sense. No one likes to feel miserable. But if you've ever spent much time stewing on something that hurt you or dwelling on a situation that frustrated you, you know that feeling better is the opposite of what happens. Instead, the more time we spend thinking about the offense, the more we get fired up. And when we get to that point, we're in danger of doing something we'll regret, either now or later. And I'm sure maybe you've been in a moment when somebody may have brought that up to you and you say, well, at this moment, I don't care. But then later, we do care. But... You know, there's a different, more constructive, more beneficial way to handle hurt. And it's found in the book of Proverbs, great wisdom and insight. So like we've mentioned, most of the book of Proverbs is attributed to King Solomon, who was known as the wisest man who ever lived. And wisdom is generally a result of life experience, which usually means that someone learned the hard way. I'm not pointing fingers, but I guess that if I could see you in person right now, you would probably raise your hand because I definitely have learned some lessons the hard way. Solomon's intention when he started his proverbs was to help other people gain wisdom before they made the same mistakes. How brilliant and wonderful is that? So on the topic of being hurt, he shared this. And this is found in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. I'm going to say it again. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. So I want to look at the first part of this verse before he addresses offense. He says a person's wisdom leads to patience and he's not talking about the kind of patience required to wait for your Amazon delivery or to wait in line at the DMV. Can I get an amen? Solomon is talking about being patient with people which is very difficult in this case patience patience means slow down take a moment or maybe a few moments and then respond to someone who has hurt you and when i was younger i remember watching blue's clues and he would always count to 10. i thought that was so lame but one day i remember trying that and it actually made me feel better in a weird kind of way so you guess you got to find what works for you Uh, It doesn't mean that you have to ignore your feelings or allow people to take advantage of you because you're not a doormat. It's about learning to take a minute, to take a breath and step away without immediately going into attack mode. Because in this way, patience is slowing down your reaction. And that's very important. It's not about um, righting a wrong or proving that you're right. It's taking a moment to slow down and think, before you react. Um, so here's one way to, to develop patience and responding to others. Um, consider what might be going on in someone else's life, which I know is hard because especially in the society we live in, it's not really focused on others. It's focused inwardly to ourselves. Um, but here's, here's a few, um, examples. So when a friend talks to you about, talks about you behind your back, consider what might be going on in their lives that makes them feel they have to talk to you to gain acceptance with someone else or talk about you. Sorry. Um, so Or maybe when your roommate excludes you from plans, take into account his insecurity or her insecurity of being the new person in a new city and need to establish their own kind of social circle. Or maybe when your spouse has something hurtful in an argument, take into account the stress they're under and the pain they feel that made them lash out in that way. And my husband and I, we've been married for 10 years. I by no means think that our marriage is perfect. But um, you start to, when you are focused on other people um, and you start to look to them to see how they respond or what stresses they're under, communication is huge with that. And um, so if maybe one of us think that the other said something hurtful in an agreement, that's something to say, okay, well, this isn't typical, so let's take a moment and and talk about what's going on. And that's super helpful. Um, So in other words, overlooking an offense means not just looking past what's happening to you right now, but also looking toward what else might be happening in a person's life it's learning to see yourself as a part of the story, but not the whole story. So to kind of put it in in a simple way, a wise person can see beyond the immediate circumstances and beyond themselves. So anytime you learn to do that, you're well on your way to finding more peace and less stress in your relationships. That doesn't make you numb to what you experienced. Uh, You'll still feel the hurt relational issues can cause for sure, but you'll no longer see your hurt as the whole story. And when your perspective changes, other things change as well. You'll find yourself able to stay calmer and more empathetic. Because wisdom, it gives you patience. Understanding a situation gives you patience. And wise people are patient people with themselves and also with others. Which makes the opposite true as well. Unwise people are impatient. An unwise person is someone who believes they know best. And here's a few ways. They're convinced that they're the central character to both their story and everyone else's story. They think they know what should happen in any and every circumstance. They try to maneuver and manipulate their way uh, into control. And they also believe that they know how and when things should happen. So when you think you know what's best for you and those around you, you'll be frustrated until either you get your way or they get what they deserve. Um, And that's, gosh, that's miserable and an an exhausting way to live. But more than that, it's a small way to live because this way of thinking keeps you focused on yourself. Unwise, impatient people are really, they're people whose world is all about them. So it's it's also important to remember that God isn't just thinking about you. Yes, of course, don't hear what I'm not saying. He casts his eye on you and you're hurt, but he's also thinking about the very person who hurt you. Which is why the proverb continues this way the other the the second half of the verse it is to one's glory to overlook an offense now that's that's a pretty big statement it's to your glory to overlook something or someone who's annoying you this isn't typically how we think we're not really taught to think that way um i remember growing up we have a rule we had a rule in our house that You know, don't start the fight, but you sure can finish it. Now, I never um, got into fights, but I always thought, well, at least I know I won't get in trouble. Um, So we're not really taught to think about looking the other way um, to overlook someone who's annoying you. Now, of course, don't hear what I'm not saying. You're not meant to be a doormat, Um, but this is typically um not how we think so we think that overlooking someone else's failure is to their glory like they're getting away with something and because we feel that way our internal sense of justice is set off and it doesn't seem right or fair or even okay but solomon was saying your ability to overlook an offense isn't about the other person it is about you It's to your glory to consider the other person's circumstance, um, their circumstances. So overlooking the offense, the offense that elevates you, but in the right way, not as a victim, but as a person able and willing to take the high road. I remember my mom always saying that just take the high road even more. You don't just look your best. You actually become a better uh, version of yourself, a wiser version and of course, the opposite is true too. When you refuse to overlook an offense, offense which I, oh goodness, I have been there, you will look worse. Uh, when you dwell on an offense, you will feel worse and you will be the person who hurts the most. And then if you're like me, then you think about it all the time until it's dealt with. Um so it it really uh, will consume your mind and it will dominate your emotions, but overlooking an offense sets you free from the emotional control an outside circumstance can have on you. Goodness, that is absolutely confounding. By overlooking an offense, that's it sets you free from the emotional control an outside circumstance can have on you. That is wisdom in and of itself. So all this sounds great in theory, right? I know what you're thinking. Um, I would probably be thinking the same thing too. Yes, this sounds great until we're actually asked to do it. So in the real world, overlooking an offense seems naive and foolish and obviously not to mention impossible. So how in the world are we supposed to do this in real life when push comes to shove? Well, there's gonna be a few things that I want you to keep in mind. So first, It starts with understanding that everybody has a story. Every single person has a story. Um, I remember reading something from a pastor once that says, a smile is a curve that can set things straight. Nobody does hurtful things for no reason. There's something, or maybe in some cases, a lot of things in their life history that led them to the very moment that is happening. When we take the focus off ourselves, we're more likely to see this. So when people say or do things that hurt you, quite often, it's not personal. It's not even about you. It's just you happen to be on the receiving end, unfortunately. And I know that stinks. Hurt people hurt people. Maybe you've heard that before. The offense usually doesn't happen because they're out to get you. Remember, we aren't the center of every story. Sometimes people have things going on that you and I could never imagine. Learning to be generous with our thoughts and actions toward people in these moments not only extends grace to them, but also molds us into a more grace-filled, wisdom-filled person. It's vital that you and I both learn to believe the most generous story about other people. That we make um, that we make positive um, that we make uh, empathetic and assumptions instead of assuming that they're being malicious so learn as much as you can about someone's story that's how we become wise that's how we make life less about ourselves and that's how we glow- grow in glory so I want you to remember this patient people know there's more to the story doing this helps everyone involved both now and later so this week, I want, I want you to think about the one person in that situation who bothers you and then think about their story. What do you think they're going through and how might that experience be affecting them? Maybe someone is coming to mind for you and I know that someone is definitely coming to mind for me and I want not just you but also me, I want us to practice shifting the story from being about us to being about them and what they might have have going on. I know this may sound hard and difficult, but practice patience, practice wisdom, practice widening your perspective. You may be surprised at what you end up learning as a result. So imagine practicing this idea enough that you become a patient person. Now, I'm not saying that you're you're impatient, um, but I think we could all definitely work on being a more patient person. Imagine taking the time to consider other people's hurts and how their stories may be affecting their words and actions. I bet it would change how you think about and how you respond to being hurt. And then, imagine if the people in your life did the same thing for you. What if the people around you, like your significant other, your friends, your children, your coworkers, or your neighbors, chose to take a breath, slow down, and hear your side of the story before reacting? What if they considered what you're going through? And what if they recognized that you too have a story that informs how you live? What if they considered your story when considering your behavior? It would make a difference, wouldn't it? You'd feel heard, recognized, and maybe even understood. And when we all take time to learn someone else's story, it's good for everyone involved, both now and also later. Let's pray together. Definitely, Father, what an honor it is for us to come before you today and to thank you for another opportunity to try to get things right. We are so very thankful for your Holy Spirit who comes alongside us, who lives inside of us, that helps us to know when to take the high road and when to take a moment to to Breathe. And I pray that this this week as we go throughout our daily lives that, Lord, we would take a moment to know that impatient people are people whose world is about them and that, Lord, patience is when we slow down how we react. Help us to remember that. Help us to remember these wise words that say a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. May we not be a doormat May we boldly stand for what for what we believe and uh, our belief in, in who you are and our love for you and our love for others. But may we also be a person who practices patience. And Lord, right now, I pray for everyone who's listening right now that, Lord, have been hurt by people. May we understand the reason as to why. No, we may not understand each and every detail of what must be happening. But, Lord, may we see that sometimes it's not, it's not about us. It's not about uh, what's going on with us rather than what they might be going through in the reason why they're reacting or reacted the way they did. Lord, help us to know that there were things that happened to you when you came to die for us on the cross. And not once did you point a finger. But, Lord, you had said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Thank you for forgiving us and for giving us a second chance, a hundred chances, a hundred thousand chances to start again. And may we, at the end of the day, know that patient people know that there's more to the story. Lord, we love you and we thank you for being with us another week in the trenches to go and win souls for you. We love you, Lord. Be with us and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, friends. Thanks for being here for week four uh, with us today about talking about patient people and how they know there's more to the story. I hope that uh, you're able to take these things and um, along with me, we'll do this together and we'll put this to practice that we will take moments to slow down, think about how we're gonna respond when um, people hurt us and take a moment to breathe. Know that you're loved and you're cared for. Have a great day.